1: Locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show, halfway through your work week. A lot to get to like normal BYU football, some BYU basketball to cover. Also catching up with BYU volleyball off to one of their best starts in program history. We'll talk about all of it on today's edition of the podcast, as well as counting down another member of our all decade team for the BYU football program. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, America's number one daily podcast network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it started. This is Locked On Cougars for January 22nd, 2020. What's up guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your Resident BYU Insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, my day job. And thanks again for taking the time to download the Locked On Cougars podcast. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Anywhere podcasts can be listened to, you can catch us. So please hit the subscribe or follow button on your various podcatchers and make sure to follow along so you never miss an episode each and every day as we aim to be your one-stop shop for all of the BYU news you need to be aware of. So that way as we like to say, you can be the smartest BYU fan in the room. Let's start things off today talking some BYU basketball. They're headed out on the road this weekend for a back-to-back road set, and I have to come clean a little bit early on in this podcast today. I screwed up my schedule talking about BYU basketball, and thanks to those of you who reached out and kind of filled me in and made sure I was clear on things. Well, BYU basketball faces Pacific in Stockton tomorrow night. That'll be an 8 o'clock mountain time tip-off out there in Stockton, the Alex G. Spano Center. But then I thought it was a Santa Clara game for whatever reason in my podcast yesterday on yesterday's edition. And a lot of you reached out and explained, hey, it's San Francisco. And you guys are correct. San Francisco in War Memorial Gym on Saturday afternoon. Some additional good news, I guess, after my g- gaffe yesterday is that both of these games were scheduled to be broadcast on Stadium Network, which is a streaming platform and over the top streaming platform. Well, locally here in Utah, KJazz 14, part of the Sinclair Broadcast Group, KUTV runs it. Uh, They will be broadcasting both of those games on KJazz 14, so you can get that over the air on your TV. So that's a fantastic development, and hats off to KUTV for getting those games on air. So once again, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on KJAS, and well as Saturday afternoon against uh, San Francisco on KJAS. You can catch the Cougars in action. All right, Mark Pope spoke to the media yesterday for his weekly press conference, had some great thoughts on what's going on with the team right now, them trying to avoid losing another road game or two here. And the funny thing about this, and I didn't realize this, and it's probably just my being stupid. I probably should have done some more research on this, and apologies for that. But the f- but the fact is, BYU has only won one true road game this year, and that was that thrilling, buzzer-beating win at Houston early on in non-conference play. BYU has struggled on the road. They lost at Gonzaga last week. They're trying to bounce back with that, and as I've talked about multiple times here, BYU just needs to take care of business on the road. That's the biggest thing. Just take care of business against teams you're supposed to beat. Pacific is off to a solid start this year. They've got a very good record they beat St. Mary's in four overtimes it was an absolute thriller I'm not convinced that Damon Stoudemeyer's team as is as good as advertised, but they are a better team, and they're part of that group of West Coast Conference programs that have improved significantly since switching out their coaches. San Francisco lost Kyle Smith last year to Washington State, but the new staff out there at San Francisco has picked things up as well, and I feel like this is going to be a tough back-to-back set for BYU, but if they want to keep their at-large bid hopes alive, you've got to win both of these games. I'm not sure that you'll. Childs will ultimately be able to go in either of these games. Talking with some people around the program, the thought is that if Yoli Childs wasn't cleared to go against Gonzaga, or if he was able to go against Gonzaga, what's the difference between holding him out until the St. Mary's game on February 1st and playing him in these games? I think there's a prevailing thought: get him healthy, get him right, and when he finally does get back on the court, he can be full go. We'll see what happens with that. I'm not going to count Yoli out from playing in these games. It looked like he was trying to do his best to get cleared to play. Against Gonzaga last Saturday, so it would not surprise me if he's on the court this week against both uh, San Francisco as well as Pacific. But I, uh, talking with people around the program, there's kind of a prevailing thought that well, let's get him right, get him fully healthy, so we don't have to worry about losing him again and then put him on the court. Mark Pope spoke to the media yesterday. We'll play some of the comments here. He talked about Yoli Childs right off the front, gave an update on what he has learned about Yoli Childs' injury. Also talks a little bit about Pacific and also some of the work that's gone into Kobe Lee. A guy that's kind of gone unsung, and I asked the question, you'll hear him I, you'll hear him myself ask it. Is a guy like Richard Harwood, who is a standout player for UVU, transferred to BYU. Ultimately never saw his waiver get approved to play for BYU as an immediate um, eligibility waiver. Well, he's done a lot of good work. Colby Lee, Big Potato himself, developed nicely. So here you go. Mark Pope speaking to the media yesterday.
0: Any update on Yoli's situation right now? Yes. Yes. I, uh, I was, it was, what was I doing yesterday? I was 100% sure that we're 100% not sure. But I got some airplay on that, so I'm sticking to it. Uh, yeah, he practiced today. There was a little bit of contact today, so and he seemed like he was functioning pretty good. I don't know that he got smacked on it. Uh, you know, he's he's a little bit rusty as you would imagine, and so um, I'm hopeful that it's coming soon, right? Hopefully this weekend, we'll see. We'll just see. But it's going to really be on. You know, if he's able to catch a contested ball and finish finish at the rim. And, you know, I have that fear of, of course, I think everyone has that fear, but uh, I need this dude to be able to, you know, he makes our team better. He makes us deeper. And so we just got to make sure that he comes back when it's right and so that we can actually finish this season and not have a setback here.
1: What kept Zach out of practice today?
0: Um, Zach is, uh, he has been a disciplinary issue since the first day i got here it's just non-stop with this kid man he's just a mess is that is coming is kyle still out there no uh, z- z- oh yeah so you can clean that up okay <laughs> enjoy that one yeah. no zach zach's just not he hasn't been feeling very well the last couple of days so uh but he i think he's feeling better today and i think he'll be ready to go tomorrow
1: This is Yoli's first practice back
0: since. Yeah, this is the first time he's had any contact. It it was was (laughs) nice to see him out there running around a little bit. I think it was good for everybody. And, you know, clearly Yoli's such a talented player, and clearly we all want him back. And clearly he makes a huge impact on the game. And just the fact of having another body out there is so important too, right? Even if he wasn't, you know, one of the top players in, in college basketball, it still would be great just to have another functioning body. So we get a double double bonus with him just even being on the practice court for a few drills.
1: This is, uh, this is the most success that Damon has had with – this group thus far to this point, what do you see from him and what he's done with the program?
0: Oh man, I'd love to take shots at Damon right now. I love him. He's one of my favorite guys in basketball. We kind of came up through through the ranks together, like as players, and then uh, and then um, as coaches too. He's made a lot more money in his playing career than I did. He scored a lot more points, that's for sure. Um, he is, uh, what he's done this year is amazing. You know, last year his team was actually pretty good. They were just so beset by injuries. It was really brutal. And um, he's got his team playing really hard. They're winning every 50-50 ball. I, I don't have his numbers on 50-50 balls for his, for his team. But, but, you know, when you look at the film, you're like, they win every single one. And they're just tough. And uh, this number zero kind of leads them in terms of demeanor and intensity and physicality. He's such a special player, and and uh, I, I think the team has taken on Damon and hit and and Trips, uh, you know, kind of demeanor, and is serving them really really well right now. I mean, they're winning games. They're, they're really impressive, and they're a good team. And it's always hard to play there, even when they have bad teams. It's hard to play uh, in that gym. Um, I keep thinking that like. I'm going to get in big trouble for this, but I keep almost wanting to bring, like, some flashlights in there, you know, just so we can see a little bit better. Uh, but uh, they're good, man. They're really good. You know, they're they're a good team. Coach, we've talked a lot about Kobe Lee,
1: his development this year. I wanted to ask you, you talked about Chris Burgess working with him, but a guy like Richard Harwood, you had at UVU. Yeah. He's entering this year. Has he been helpful in that
0: regard, helping develop Kobe? with him? Yeah, he's been he's been crucial. Uh, see, in fact, I just I have a it was a great picture somewhere on social media, so I told the staff to grab it. So I got a big eight by ten in my room that both guys have signed today, um, of of Rich on the sideline, kind of putting his arm around Kobe, and the thing is is Rich beats the living daylight out of him every single day in practice. Like physically just beats him to a pulp. Cause Rich is like, a, he's like the Hulk, man. He just is, he just is, he feels nothing. Like he just would run right through this wall and would be like, did I just run through the wall? And um, and and he has been rela- he has been merciless on Kobe, and I really do believe this. I think it, you know you have to ask Kobe, but I'm pretty sure Kobe like man. I look forward to the games because it's just not as hard. Practice is so hard, uh, just the physical beating he takes in practice, and and that's been incredible. And while Rich does it, like Rich knocks him over and steps on steps on his throat, and then picks him up. He's like, "Great job, man. You're getting better. This is awesome." And. Uh, and, and so he, Rich has been so incredible. Um, w- what a great teammate he's been in terms of helping him grow. Um, and and th- this, this Rich Harbour is really special. And those two get to spend the next you know two and a half years together and the next two years after this one playing together. And that's going to be really fun because they've developed a, a really beautiful bond where they – uh, it's like brothers, man. They can they can yell each other and scream each other and punk each other, and then and then walk out off the court with uh, you know arms around each other and just cheering for each other. I think they both know that they that they're really cheering for each other. So it's pretty it's pretty cool.
1: There you go, Mark Pope, BYU basketball coach, and you heard him say he wanted to uh, talk some trash to Damon Stoudemire. They were guys who were contemporaries in the NBA at the same time, and Damon Stoudemire had a legendary career in the NBA and a guy that is well known to most NBA fans now coaching the Pacific Tigers and it should be a fantastic matchup tomorrow night once again eight o'clock mountain time on the stadium network and here locally in Utah along the Wasatch front on KJAZ 14 on over the air channel 14 so there you go should be a fantastic week ahead for BYU basketball coming up on tomorrow's podcast you'll hear a one-on-one conversation I had with Alex Barcelo. fantastic conversation getting you ready for that game against Pacific he talks a lot about his uh, transition to playing for BYU so you'll hear that on tomorrow's edition of of the show we'll switch gears here in just a second catch up with BYU football got a lot to talk about it when it comes to the Cougars wanted to run down some of the news and notes around BYU some of their thrilling wins this year also knock off another member of the all decade team as well we'll get to that all of that here in just a second before we do that though if you've been a listener to the Locked On Cougars podcast I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with the Locked On Sports Network to reach sports fans but you may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for you and your local business to reach passionate Cougar fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners and not just any podcast listener, a locked on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with BYU fans and a predominantly male audience that is well educated and with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Cougars podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses and if you text the word advertising to three three seven 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 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com dot slash advertising and let us know who you are. We would happy be happy to work with you guys. We'll get our team to help you achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word, text the word advertising to three three seven 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 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com dot com slash advertising to learn more. We look forward to hearing from you and having you part of the locked on podcast network and especially right here on locked on cougars. All right guys BYU football is back in the headlines ESPN doing an interesting series they're talking they're doing the college football's 100 best games of 2019 counting on the 100 best matchups that they saw all year long and it is regardless of division level. Anything that goes, if it's a good college football game, it's on this list. And you're probably wondering, okay, why are we talking about this? Well, Bill Connolly, who is a fantastic writer in his own right, his SP Plus his SP+ rankings are just absolutely phenomenal. But he ran down these great games in, throughout the season. And in the first installment of them, they're going 20 games at a time. So, 100-81, BYU checks in on this list. And you're probably wondering, okay, what game here? Is it USC? Is it the Tennessee win? Is it Boise State? Well, they went back to back. Number 93 and number 92 are BYU 30 USC 27 at 93 from September 14th. And then following that up n- number 92 BYU 29 Tennessee 26. Both of those games most of you most of you will recall if not all of you were overtime victories, thrillers that were absolutely fun to watch. Made you think the BYU football was going to have a great season and then they just kind of fizzled out and had a crappy end of the season, but Nonetheless... As Bill Connolly writes, I'll read his quote here. Says, a 7-6 record is pretty nondescript. BYU's 7-6 season had plenty of startling moments from unexpected losses to Toledo and South Florida, I'll add Hawaii in there, to those two early si- early season overtime thrillers. First, the Cougars pulled a rabbit out of their hat in Knoxville, Tennessee, trailing 16-13. Seven, with 17 seconds left, Zach Wilson found Micah Simon for a 64-yard pass out of nowhere. That set up Jake Oldroyd's tying field, going after scoring only one touchdown in, regulations, in regulation, excuse me. the Cougars scored two in OT to pull off an out-of-nowhere win. A week later, back at home, they handed USC quarterback Keaton Slovis his first loss, picking off the freshman three times and taking a 27-24 lead late in regulation. The Trojans' Chase McGrath sent the o- t- game to overtime with a 52-yard kick, but an Old field goal and a Diane Gonwoleku interception sealed that victory. And I think I agree with Bill Connolly. It's been a pretty interesting season just looking back at a 7 and 6 year but two thrilling wins on that list. I do wonder if BYU football's win over Boise State, the win that kept the Broncos out of the New Year's 6, will make this list at some point. We'll make sure to come back to it if it does. I would guess that Bill Connolly cuz he's covered all kinds of games and he does a great job covering the width and breadth of college football, not just the FBS and Power 5. He covers everything. G5, Division 2, II, Division 3, NAIA. He covers it all. FCS, it's It's impressive the the depth that he will go to, speaking of Bill Connolly, and hopefully we see BYU make this list once again because because I think that game against Boise State was an absolute thriller, a big-time upset for BYU amidst that 7-6 lackluster record, and maybe we'll see that once again on this list and we'll come back to it. But cool to see BYU on that list. I'll link the column in the show notes so you can go and read it for yourself if you want to read up on Bill Connolly talking about those two overtime wins for BYU football. All right. uh, One other thing before we get to some other news in BYU sports is we needed to honor another member of the BYU all decade team on the offensive line is where we're going today. We're going to talk about Riker Matthews, uh, American Fork High School product played for BYU from 2012 to 2015. And what Riker Matthews did in a BYU uniform is not to be overlooked. We've seen BYU offensive linemen come in with great promise, deal with injuries and never look the same. Guys like Louis Lapuajo. I feel like Louis had an opportunity to be an NFL prospect, and I'm not alone. Bronco Mendenhall thought the exact same thing when they brought him in. But hip injuries, multiple surgeries on those hips and his legs, and knees, I believe, also for Louie precluded his career and never was the same player after he underwent all of those surgeries. Well, Riker Matthews dealt with multiple hip injuries, other injuries throughout his career, but went on to start forty, played in 45 games in his BYU career, started in 33 of them as a four-year starter despite all of those injuries, and led BYU to a pretty good record overall throughout his career. 33-19 and 19 from 2012 to 2015. Riker Matthews has gone on to be a standout in the Canadian Football League for the Hamilton Tiger He signed numerous free agent deals with teams like the New England Patriots, the New Orleans Saints in the NFL. Hasn't stuck with an NFL roster long term, but the hope is that he could still do that at some point. But Riker Matthews, I felt like, was a real easy selection here for the all-decade team, one of the better BYU offensive linemen of the past decade, and a guy that I don't think can be overlooked too much because of what he did to overcome those injuries. Because some guys, like I said, there are multiple BYU linemen that you come into BYU and you think, you know what? That guy could be a standout. And yesterday we talked about two guys that I feel like could make this all-decade team, speaking of Brady Christensen as well as James Empey being among the top 20 ranked offensive linemen in the country according to Pro Football Focus. Riker Matthews, he's right there with him. He'd probably line up a right tackle for me on this team of this all-decade football team, but I think it was a really easy selection, and Riker's ability actually played across four different positions. He could play left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle, and who knows, maybe even center. He was that versatile of a lineman, and I think it's an easy selection to have Riker Matthews as one of our offensive linemen on the BYU football all-decade team right here on Locked on Cougars. So there you go. Some of the news and notes coming out from BYU football. Uh, Cool to see them on that list nationally for uh, the Cougars. And then one other note for you guys on the recruiting front. We'll do a short update here. I was speaking with some people and Scotty Edwards is a prospect out of Olympus high school here in the state of Utah. A guy that I think a lot of BYU fans are wondering, can the Cougars ultimately land Scotty Edwards signature? He's a player that didn't play his full senior season at Olympus, but when he was on the, field, a dynamic talent. I think he's very much in the mold of some of the great BYU safeties. Think of Austin Lee, Andrew Rich, Preston Hadley, who coaches BYU safeties currently. Some of these guys who have just been standout defensive backs for BYU over the year out of the state of Utah. I feel like Scotty Edwards may be among the best of those coming out of high school. The issue is is it's down to essentially Stanford and BYU. And speaking with some people who are close to Scotty Edwards, there's no true feel about where he is leaning. He grew up a BYU guy. BYU's always kind of been part of his life, but it's hard to turn down Stanford in that education. We'll see where the, where his signature ultimately lands on National Signing Day coming up here in a couple of weeks, just over two weeks away. There'll be two big recruiting weekends coming up this weekend and next weekend as prospects who BYU was hoping to sign come in for visits. And it sounds like Scotty Edwards is planning on visiting two weekends from now. So a week from this Friday, he'll be visiting BYU for for his official visit. And hopefully BYU can make the right impression on him. They can land his signature because I feel like Scotty Edwards is a guy who can very much make an impact at the next level a dynamic dynamic talent a guy who played offense defense and special teams in high school think Nate Ritchie from Lone Peak who's going to sign with Utah well Scotty Edwards if you can't get Nate Ritchie Scotty Edwards is not a bad consolation prize let's put it that way but like I said a recruiting update for you guys speaking with people who know Scotty Edwards who are close to him there's actually real no true feel about what he is going to do at this point but the good news is, is it's down to Stanford and BYU the Cougars will get a visit from him next Next weekend, and hopefully, they can make the right impression to land his signature on National Signing Day on February 5th. Alright, there you go, a recruiting update for you. We'll switch gears, talk some BYU volleyball, and catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports coming up next. Before we do that though, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about driving around in your vehicle, if you've got some downtime at home, you can listen to this podcast, the Locked On Cougars podcast, real easy, and you don't even have to lift a finger. All you have to do is tell your smart device, play podcast, Locked On Cougars, and that way you stay up to date with everything going on in BYU sports news. Whether you're driving around, making your commute to or from work, we aim to be in be the podcast you can finish in your commute tell your smart device play podcast locked on cougars and there you go you got some downtime at home doing some doing some work around the house the honey do list etc well check it out as well tell your smart speaker play podcast locked on cougars and that way you always stay up to date on all the byu news you need to know about so check it out guys make sure to listen to locked on cougars each and every day and use your smart device to make it real easy on yourself Alright guys, before we go on today's edition of the podcast, I wanted to take a minute and talk about the BYU Volleyball Program. Speaking of men's volleyball, they're ranked number two in the country for the second straight week in a row. They are in action tonight as they take on UC Irvine at the Bren Event Center in Irvine, California. That'll be at 8 o'clock Mountain Time tonight. They'll have a second game on Friday against the Anteaters. And UC Irvine is one of those teams. BYU's already faced off against Penn State earlier this year. Well, UC Irvine's another team that BYU has Based in national title matches in their rec- the recent history and lost to. Uh, Irvine not necessarily as great as they once were, but still a very worthy opponent. And they're part of the Big West a Conference now. The MPSF that BYU participates in split conferences a couple years ago, and UC Irvine went into the Big West where all their other sports are played and play in that conference. But former conference mates, but still rivals nonetheless. The Anteaters and the Cougars getting together tonight. The Anteaters are off to a 3-1 start that's not what I wanted to talk about in particular. I wanted to talk about BYU. Uh, BYU went number two in the country is off to their best start in the season at 6-0 since going 12-0 to start the 2008 season. Right now, BYU, man, it's still very early on in the college volleyball season, but the Cougars look like national title contenders. They've got fantastic, fantastic hitting averages right now. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, with the opposite hitter for BYU, their star player, ranks number one in Division 1-2, one, one, averaging one and a, 1.05 aces per set, as well as 5.6 points per set. Outside hitter Davide Gardini is second in the nation, just behind Gabby Garcia-Fernandez with 4.7 kills per set a hitting percentage of 521 and an average of 5.6 points per set. Those numbers, and for those of you guys who may not know college volleyball all that well, hitting 521 over 500 is even more impressive than you would think it would be in baseball. You think of baseball, we haven't seen a guy hit 400 since Ted Williams in the 1940s and we probably will never see it again. Well, hitting 521 in college volleyball at this point in the season or any point in the season on average that Davide Gardini is doing is almost unheard of. So BYU is just absolutely blitzing opponents right now and it's fun to see. If you haven't had an opportunity to go watch BYU men's volleyball in person at the Smith Fieldhouse, I would encourage you to do so. BYU fans, students make that one of the best home court advantages in college volleyball anywhere for both men's and women's volleyball and it's absolutely phenomenal. A couple other notes for you guys in terms of how great BYU's start to their season has been. Setter Will Stanley is ranked 4th in the NCAA with an average of 10.82 assists per set. The setter is one of the most unsung heroic positions in college volleyball. You have all these guys who can jump out of the gym and absolutely smash a volleyball into the court and it looks like it's going to make a dent. Well, they're not the right guy to set them up for that, and that's what Will Stanley's job is to do. It's hard to do. So BYU, absolutely phenomenal as a team right now. Cougars currently second in the country hitting in hitting percentage at 377.377, aces per set with an average of 2.2, and while ranking third in kills per set with 13.15. So the Cougars Cougars just off to a flying start this season. Facing off against UC Irvine tonight should be a fantastic opportunity to watch the Cougars in action. You can watch catch a big you can catch the stream of it an online stream of the match on bigwest.tv. You can catch it online. Also live stats on byucougars.com. So best of luck to Sean Olmsted and his team tonight off to a flying start this season and hopefully they keep it going down there in Irvine. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the show it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day pardon my shaky voice today when you have young kids like i do you seem to pick up every bug that goes around because your kids bring it to you so my voice has been a little bit shot this week dealing with a little small head cold but thanks for bearing with me we'll talk to you guys tomorrow please follow the show on social media facebook instagram and twitter at locked on cougars and also on your various podcasters of choice particularly if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review as well as leave us a note. Let us know what you think of the show. It helps us find more BYU fans and also helps BYU fans find the podcast in turn. So thanks again for your support of the show. Once again, tomorrow's podcast, you're going to hear from Alex Barcelo, BYU basketball guard, one-on-one conversation I had with him, an exclusive here on Locked on Cougars. We'll talk to you then. Have a great rest of your Wednesday and hopefully you guys' work week is rolling through it and we'll talk to you soon. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 22nd, 20. a-Prime
0: hey, Members